Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for soul growth. Come journey with us through astrology's energetic cycles and get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I'm Sue Minahan. This is Talk Cosmos on November 5th. Thank you for attending. We have a wonderful panel about Saturn in Pisces. It's just turning direct. And it has been at zero degrees Pisces for some time. Its retrograde was entirely in Pisces, but in zero degrees, hovering over and back from 59 back to 30. And now it's finally going direct. And it's going to stay in Pisces through till 2026. This is where barriers dissolve. We enter new relationships with the unknown. It'll be exciting if we can keep our courage up and muster through and learn new techniques, learn perhaps a new relationship since the nodes are in in the relationship sign with spirit. But I will end that and introduce because now we have time. We have a special guest who will be Donna Young, the president of Kepler College, and we are ready now for Planet Buzz. Focusing on perspectives of pattern planet cycle relationships and understanding their archetypal energy consciousness, reflecting through history, current events, mythology, and philosophical questions, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan collaborating with guests weekly since 2018. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, consultant, workshop facilitator, and lecture speaker. I'm a Dwarf Planet University graduate, charter member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club. I have an AA degree and a fine arts music degree in jazz. I'm a certified color energy life coach, a writer, artist, musician, and ardent mythologist a student of esoteric philosophies and life. And I'm Dr. Laura Tan. I work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with students and clients around the world. As a counselor, writer, and educator, I love helping people recognize their inner strengths, take advantage of auspicious moments, and navigate times of challenge with greater ease. On my own podcast, Mythic Sky Storytime, I discuss astrology, mythology, and actualizing our full potential. Learn more at mythicsky.com. And as the ancient hermetic code reveals, As below, so above. As above, so below. Hi, Laura. I can see my backdrop is quite prophetic right now, being as it Pisces, the ocean, yes? A little yes. bit of Neptune, <laughs> along with Jupiter, of course. Well, We mustn't hesitate. We have Donna Young with us. And I am so thrilled to have Donna. And Donna is the president of Kepler College. And if we could get our slides up, and then people can see those too. Well, here we have all of our websites. Donna has her own, which is DonnaYoungAstrologer.com. And also for Kepler College, which is org, because it is an organization. And Dr. Tad, Mythic Sky, and myself go to Talk Cosmos. Donna Young, 
She's a professional astrologer practicing a fusion of traditional and modern techniques. As an astrologer consultant, she teaches classes weekly all the time. In fact, just before this show with Kepler College and a local and international speaker lecturer. And her, well, I could read this, but it is that she's a graduate of Kepler College and a faculty member and now the president of the college as of this year and heavily involved with OPA, the Organization for Professional Astrologers, which is really a wonderful merging of these significant institutions that really regulate, along with a few others, so much of our astrological life. And, the, and of course, the past president, oh, the past president of Kepler Astrologers Toastmasters Club. She initiated that last year when I became a charter, and it's a wonderful opportunity for people to learn better speaking skills. I highly recommend it. And to finish, Donna's involvement with Kepler College and OPA, she hopes to do her part to uplift the reputation of astrology in the world, and I believe she's doing so. She's a contributing writer to the professional astrologer, and as a Kriemetis, she is fascinated by indigenous star culture and gardens using and, and does gardens using the cycles of the moon as her guide. Next week, we're actually talking about the sacred hoop with Shannon. I almost was going to say, Donna, do you want to come back again a second week? <laughs> because perhaps another time, because the stars are a great love of mine, too. Fantastic. So, welcome. Thank you so much. It's delighted to be here. Yes, this is going to be good. And of course, Laura, it's always Dr. Tad, Laura, it's always great to have you. It's a good threesome. Here is for those people that are online, you can look at both Laura's and my um, resumes as it is. But Saturn, here we are. We know Saturn's a timekeeper, yes, since the ancients. Do you have? Yeah. Yeah, Father Time is part of the iconography of Saturn often, right? And that structure, right? Saturn governs structure, so that linear structure of of time, at least how we understand it contemporarily. In other cultures, time isn't necessarily linear, but at the moment, and the governing principle that, of time is linear. I think it's in order. <laughs> yeah, and it exactly order. And it does correlate when you say time or no time with the conundrum, because we have Saturn in time, it's a maturation, it cycles through lives at least three times often now, first, second, you know, around 30, then almost going on 60 at 59, and then again, possibly at 88, a little over those years. Mm-hmm. And then, But as far as details, Pisces is now direct as of now. It went direct yesterday, and it will remain in Pisces until 2026. It goes at the end, it goes a little bit sometimes into the other signs, but essentially is talking to us for these three years. But Saturn itself is always interesting to realize that it has these rings of ice. I think this is a beautiful picture of its multicolored dimensions. I hadn't thought of that. I always thought of it as just black and white, but no, of course it has color. But the 
body of Saturn is gas. It's like a sun, helium, hydrogen. It's rather incredible to me to think about. And the other factor, however this fits into it, has the most moons. So maybe it's like a family. Maybe it's the big papa, right? <laughs> well, that's Saturn in mythology, right? Saturn is the father of the gods, right? That's the father archetype for us in astrology. And he's, he, you know, that that the Kronos, right, in, in the Greek mythology. So yeah. he, he would have his children around him, potentially the ones he didn't need. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Donna, well, you were back up though, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they were regurgitated eventually. Yeah. Brought to the table eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Not as food. That's very true. <laughs> and um, he was a titan. Did you have something too, Laura, Donna, that you were going to say? I was say? just going to say the other thing that I, that I always think that's interesting about Saturn, of course, the rings that are creating a boundary, but of course, is the last of the visible planets, knowing that we can see Uranus sometimes, but you know, for thousands of years, really, Saturn was the last, really the boundary of our solar system as well. And that its job is to create boundaries is I'm sure no coincidence. Yes, the essential essence. Yes. Yeah. So the two of them with Pisces here, here I have it on the screen, but it is dissolving barriers. It's uncharted consciousness of Pisces. You know, Neptune, I mean, there are two rulers here. We have the modern ruler of Neptune and the traditional of Jupiter, because as, you, as we know, as you've said, it was, Saturn was the last planet. And so it remains having the duality of rulership. But with Neptune, it's forces beyond our control. So it's, you have a thought, go ahead. Um, well, yeah, it's just sort of interesting in that dynamic, right? That Saturn being about boundaries and control and keeping things contained, all of that sort of Capricornian archetype that we talk about. And Pisces is, even though they're, not opposite signs, right? That Capricorn and Pisces aren't polarities, but you have that that Pisces dissolves. There's no limits. There's no boundaries. There's no order necessarily. Where Saturn thrives on order and discipline and and things having a linearity to them, where Pisces sees no value in that, right? And so there's a dissolving in that. And then when you merge these two archetypes, how those coexist in a productive, healthy, beneficial way, whether that's something that people have natally or for everybody on the planet right now who are all living through this time where structure is potentially dissolving. The old way, right? Saturn being father time, it's not just how we calculate time, but it's also the past. It's the old ways. And so a dissolving of the old way, the outdated, the antiquated, what mm -hmm. no longer serves us. And while sometimes that can be disconcerting, it's ultimately beneficial because that Saturn can be stuck. Saturn can be stuck in old ways or that samskara karmic patterning that is not optimal for soul growth. Right. And so it can, the gift of this next couple of years is that we can dissolve it. The challenge is we don't have anything to replace it with yet. 
the old is disappearing and we don't yet, we can't see around the corner yet. Well, to see perhaps I might say though, and I think um, Donna has ideas here too, but it's the consensus. I think the fact that we are a majority operating social you know, entities across the globe more and more that we're used to the material and the external and really kept, uh, uh, what this is asking is more internal and more unseen. Donna, do you have? Something? Yeah, I was just thinking about the, the integration into water and how if you think about, and I'm going to say especially thin-skinned Pisces, <laughs> that thin-skinned fish, um, when you add a drop of food coloring to a glass of water, if you add a glass, mm. a, a drop of red food coloring to a glass of water, the whole thing turns pink. It's not like you can ever back that out. It's not like putting, you know, a solid object into water. You can just pull it out. Once it's in, it's in, and there's no going back from it. So if we think about that in terms of a planet moving into that sign and how that's affecting us as individuals made of water, um, how is it that when we when we have these new streams of consciousness, if you will, that are coming in, it, there's no going back from it. So like Laura said, we don't know. We don't know what the change is going to be, but we know for sure that that we're going to be changed. Yeah, that's it is perfect looking perfect because we're going to elaborate on this. It is so true. And that was very succinct. I realize there's a melding. It's not like a, well, it's a little bit like baking something. If you're going to bake bread, why don't you put the milk in or something? That's it. <laughs> there's no extraction, yeah. I guess. So, Laura, you came up with these particular ones. They're very potent. 1907, because Saturn in Pisces is, you know, every 29 years. It goes yeah, it has this cyclical Saturn. thing. And mm -hmm. so I like looking at things historically prime well, Virgo moon. So of course I'm going to like do deep in the ninth, I'm going to do a deep dive into the more analytical piece, but that it also, because we don't know what it's going to look like because we're sort of mid metamorphosis um, that I find it's often helpful to look back to other times in history when these signatures occurred to get some sort of sense or flavor of what it might be about. Obviously, it's always different, but that's even true for our own astrology, right? But that there's themes, themes, right? That, yeah, that, Excellent. that, yeah. And so looking at it thematically. And so, you know, in the 20th century, the first Saturn and Pisces cycle was um, 1906, 1907, around, right around there. So these two big things in particular happened in 1907 that when Saturn was 16 degrees Pisces, it's when Jung and Freud met in person for the first time in Vienna. And they had corresponded for over a year prior to that, but they'd never met in person. And early on in their collaboration, they eventually, only a few years later, had a huge falling out. But over their debate about what the unconscious is, which is a whole other piece of Pisces, right? But so much of their work both together and independently dealt with dream analysis, which to me speaks a lot to Saturn and Pisces because it's trying to create structure around the unconscious. And, and so much of their work dealt with unpacking the human unconscious, which again felt like applying Saturn 
to the unconscious. And the legacy that they handed off is just enormous. It's shifted us into all these other psychologies. So that's Absolutely. excellent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and so, and we often talk about Pisces governing film, right? And so I found it interesting that Luz B. Mayer, who was one of the founding people of MGM Studios, he opened his first movie theater during this period of time. Um, you can't so invent get, that. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, and then the next cycle, we get this really big marker in film where Shirley Temple in, the, in 35, where Shirley Temple and Mr. Bojangles were dancing together on film. And it was the first time in film history that an interracial, the way they describe it is an interracial couple, which is always sort of odd because Shirley Temple's like six and yeah. he's in his sixties, but um, I, I'm, call I, him must, a couple. I must say that as a child, we watch Shirley Temple every year and she was the same age as my mother, Shirley Black, as it was later. You know, she, yeah. she was in politics. And I can see them dancing right now. In fact, I can see Shirley all over the place, going up and down the stairs and all yeah. kinds of things. <laughs> and so it dissolved boundaries, right? That's yes. part of this period. It's Yes, it's film, which we associate with Pisces, but this dissolving of boundaries, Saturn being this structure that Pisces then just dissolved. So innocent. Um, That's beautiful. Thank and you. in that same year as well, the Pope at the time, Pope Pius XI, um, made Sir uh, Thomas More a saint. And Thomas More had been one of Henry VIII's chief spiritual advisors prior to the Reformation um, and wrote the book Utopia that had a lot to do with a a more balanced, Pisceanly organized society. Um and so I found it interesting that, and and we'll maybe talk about, touch upon this a little bit later in the show, but that at the moment, there's some very groundbreaking revolutionary stuff happening in Vatican City. And so an interesting theme. We'll get up. to that. That's right. In yeah. what you brought up. Donna, if you had something to say. I do, ahead. actually. I, I did. I wanted to talk about that 1935-36 era. Because yeah. I, I think that also... The thing that that I think interesting about that period with Saturn and Pisces is that that's when the big dust bowl was going on too. Mm. And so Saturn actually dried up the water. Mm. Isn't that right, Oklahoma? Yes, the famous pictures of the yeah. Oh, I, so I that was that, that was in the thick of these years, and, and and for me, I mean, that's a bit of a concern about this go round as well. Mm. It is true. Water is always the issue, isn't it? Too much, too little, but it's uh, where's the control of it? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. We'll get who to has, those two. It, this time, who has control of it? Oh, vey, yes. Well, in 1964, Saturn, I picked this just because at one point I was picking the exact moment. But the point is, is and it has... The outer planets always retrograde, but over zero degrees Pisces, which is happening right now, it occurred in 1964 and, and later in 89. And interestingly, there were some significant things. It was the Beatles, and I think the Beatles really, since Frank Sinatra, or maybe... Elvis, you know, as far as a worldwide attraction that unified people. And in the United States, of 
there was a, a huge awakening out of disillusionment when John F. Kennedy died, was killed actually. And then the Civil Rights Act, which again is very much like Bojangles and Shirley, isn't it? You know, coming back on that theme. And then in Canada, because uh, Donna is living in Canada and a Canadian, <laughs> I thought, let's bridge the borders. And interestingly, I had to look and find out why this was important, but it was very important because up until that time, the flag had uh, the England's Union Jack symbols on either corner. And they had a big debate for months and then finally unveiled the flag is what you see. And as far as social securities, I think there's a little debate about that. So we're going to skip that idea. Well, I would say, though, even related to the U.S., was that not the same time period that Medicare Came it was, I think, the next year, and so it was very close in that. But so, in that still, economy. Saturn would have been in Pisces. Oh, it just races. wasn't at that zero. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Another thing that I think interesting about that era is um, this is maybe the first time, you know, with the Vietnam Wars going on, that people start to protest that it's like we're not going to do that anymore, right? Well, they weren't protesting at that time. It was civil rights that was such a huge issue. And there was a summer of freedom. And it, it because the protests were really in 66, mostly 67, 66 is when Kent State and all of those occurred. 60, I lived, 68 was Kent State. Yeah, okay, because I graduated in 67. Okay. And I remember the next year, it was just huge. And it was because really Kennedy died and, and he wanted to pull us out. But then Johnson left us in and it became a political bouncing ball mm -hmm. get, yeah um changed uh, changed the landscape however whatever it did it changed the landscape yes yeah. so in 93 94 again it all saturn was also pivoting or retrograding over three degrees if however this with divisions dissolving and amazingly the ua was I think that's the UA, European single market was created. And in Canada, there was, it, it, the, the next significant thing was really um, Nelson Mandela on was uh, the first black president. So it is fascinating that this, thankfully, the, the dialogue between black and white are mm -hmm. beginning to merge greater as far as releasing that barrier. Well, I think, again, that's just this dissolving of boundaries. Well, right? Of course, yes, that, yes, yes. This, exactly. Oh, we, this was this hard line boundary that disappears. Um, yes, step by step. And that, that Pisces can dissolve those things, which mm -hmm. um, then, of course, makes space for the new that's going to come in with when it transitions into Aries. And it wasn't even all the way across the board as one would hope, but it was segments here and segments there that begin to add up. A little bit like ice melting, you know, right? It's something like calves. Here, Laura, is what you wanted to bring up about the Vatican on current times. Um, yeah, and so I just looked up and there are, whatever the results are, we don't know them yet. But, no, we don't. Um so but there was a conversation. There was which... a week-long or two-week-long conference that just took place in Vatican City um, that the current Pope 
in April announced that for the first time in history, the conference, however regularly it happens, that talks about how the church is going to respond to certain things. And whether, of bishops is called. Um, however, they're going to uphold certain things versus change them. That the, for the first time in history that women have been invited to the table as part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And some of what they are talking about, right, you've got here, right? So the idea that possibly priests could marry, um, allowing women to be ordained, um, the um, granting of communion to people who've been divorced, all of this currently is banned by the Catholic Church. Um, the giving communion to people who are in the LGBTQ community, all of this, you know, so this again, this dissolving of religious boundaries, potentially, I mean, even the, even if nothing happens, the mere fact this conversation is occurring and that there are people voting on this is revel, it's, it's size. Radical, radical. <laughs> it's a and tectonic shift. I might, um, if I might add, it yeah. really supports 1935, uh, I think it was, when Sir Thomas More was knighted, not knighted, but sainted because yeah. King Henry VIII, as we know, started the Church of England and separated from the Catholic Church. And so it, again, follows that. And because he wanted to get um, divorced, right? So all of a sudden, yeah. potentially, the Catholic Church is going to recognize divorce and is mirroring back all the way to, you know, hundreds of years ago with a previous cycle. Um, yeah, so we don't yet know. They literally, like, yeah, the, like last weekend or last week, voted the, a vote was occurring. Um, so we don't even know that. And then the votes, it doesn't, they don't, the people that are voting don't make it law. It then their recommendations go to the Pope and the Pope decides what to do. Um, but it, it's seismic in terms of yeah, how it's a start, it it's a start. the planet. Yeah. And I, I, reading about this myself, I understood that it would be perhaps the Pope would decide, but it would also be next year meaning that's when Pluto's going to be in Aquarius. So wait and see, I guess, right? Yeah. Did we want to, now we have a few minutes just briefly before we take a little break, but this is the chart that was of the ingress chart, which was May, March 7th for those listening. And at 8.34, 35 seconds, you could say, on the East Coast. And we do the East Coast because both Canada and the United States have their capitals on the East, and it more or less represents all the populations. So this is the ingress chart into Pisces, but the lunar nodes at those times was North Node Taurus and South Node Scorpio. But, I keep saying but, I don't know if that's good uh, Toastmaster conversation or not, but... <laughs> A little bit of awareness here. Pluto is in a constant T-square to the nodes, which is a fascinating thing. Now, Scorpio and Taurus, of course, are relationship, but their relationship on, on, on power and powerlessness and resources rather than just partnerships. It's really a deep, significant shift. And so the next 
when it went retrograde was August. No, not August. If I could read and talk, it was October 11th at 1.40 a.m. Washington, D.C. And these are Aries charts, zero degrees Aries. So the ascendant will be somewhere in the chart. And again, it, here, of course, it shows that the north, the nodes are in cardinal signs. So, and interestingly, Eris, E-R-I-S, the dwarf planet of, well, discord, but really inclusion and exclusion is exactly conjunct the north node for two months since September 26th until November 29th. So it's still going to be through most of this month here. And this is when it went retrograde. And the last chart is as of yesterday on the 4th at 3 a.m. when it was at 0 degrees and 30 minutes, Pisces. And at this time, of course, Eris is still conjunct the North Node, but meanwhile, we have Pallas, the strategy, wisdom uh, warrior, conjunct the South Node. Any yeah. immediate? Well, I think because we're about to take a break, maybe it's a good time to take a break and we'll circle back because I think okay. otherwise so we'll fall down rabbit holes. Consensus wins. <laughs> Thank you, Donna Young and. Laura Tad, Dr. Tad, and our audience, we will be back. Saturn and Pisces. It's a chaos, but we're finding order. We'll be back. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Scorpio. Traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto, by departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, November 12th, it's best bioenergetic synchronization technique, neuroenergetic balancing, Rasmussen Reset, and Energy Code Sunday. Dr. Nels Rasmussen and his sister Linda Rasmussen join us, and together they can help you or your animal friends with emotional, behavioral, or physical issues. Hope you can join us. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. And to find out about upcoming programs, sign up for the newsletter at TalkCosmos.com. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha 
and enjoy the show. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Okay, and Nathan, if we could get the slides up, I'm going to ask, oh, thank you. What we're going to do, though, is I'm going to ask, we can go back to that. I want to ask each of you, I know that you have events, uh, and, and briefly, we're, we're just so, let us know. But Donna, of course, you have, um, maybe you can elaborate a little bit about this, and we'll just go through the slides. And do you have any special classes or lectures that you're giving that? Yeah, I do teach the first level of the fundamentals class at Kepler College. I co-teach it. And so that is coming up. Our, our whole term is starting January 1st. So if you check out the website, you'll see all of the offerings. But I specifically teach that one class. That's great. And uh, we do have this book club. It's ongoing. It's free on Facebook. That there's a book of the month that you everybody is reading together. And the author is invited um, to do Q&As during the course of that month so that's a fun thing as well oh it sounds so great i just need more time right Laura? <laughs> let's do it and michael he is good okay and last but not least the toastmasters club that sue and i are both a part of mm -hmm. if you want to be a guest and check it out we meet every wednesday and you are welcome to join us to see what's going on yes and of course, just convert to your time zone. It's great fun. And we do keep it an hour. So if you're limited, it will be right on time. And we will end on time. And there's yeah. lots of opportunity when you become a member to participate. And even if you're a guest, we might ask you a question because we have our little table topics. So it's, it's a good experience. It is. And yeah. it's fun. It's a good group. Yeah. Thank you. Laura. I'm, oh my goodness, why is it doing that? That's well, okay. Well, uh, yes. yeah, so once I've talked about it a couple times and um, it's the current enrollment link is still saying 2023. So Michelle's got it, she's in Bali, so it, I haven't gotten to her to get it changed yet. Um, but so like I did this year, um, my dear friend, Michelle, who I've known for somehow like 28 years almost at this point, um, we will be running a goddess awakening retreat again in uh, in Playa El Coco in Nicaragua. Um, and this particular one is for all women. We're talking about doing something the week before that would be for anybody. Um, she also runs family retreats. Um, so she is a healer and body worker and amazing yoga teacher. Um, and uh, I talk about astrology and mythology and doing some personal myth work, some guided meditations. So we have, you know, five, a week long in Nicaragua and it's right on the Pacific coast. And mm, sounds um, great. in the early, mm -hmm. early stages of building a retreat and healing center and educational center that'll be on the beach. So eventually it'll be there right now. It's, it'll be where we held it last year, but that's Donna and that's I are in the signing works. up. Yeah, Especially right. Donna that sounds up. awesome. Yeah, get me out of the cold. Oh yeah, please come that. down. It's I, I fell in love with Nicaragua this year. It's absolutely beautiful. We've got local women that cook all our food. You can put coconut milk in your coffee that was a coconut an hour before. Wow, oh, my goodness. Say thank you both. So and remember, folks, if you want to connect with Donna or Laura, you can always go to Talk Cosmos because all the bios are there. Otherwise, it's 
on these slides when you look at it again. Did we want to go back to the to the slides or shall we go on about what Saturn and Pisces wants us? Circling back to the slides might be helpful just to point. Okay, but not too much, just a little bit to yeah. get something pertinent. Okay. Um, this is the one current as of yesterday, hot off the griddle. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, I think just because we haven't talked about this part of Saturn and Pisces yet that like I, some of the, other potentials beyond just the dissolving of boundaries like how does saturn saturn pisces dissolve saturn's boundaries what can saturn how can saturn serve pisces which we haven't talked as much about and i think potentially like in the highest expression of it right could be spiritual discipline right if you're if you've struggled to have a meditation practice but you've said you want one right like that this next two years in particular can be a really good time to actually get disciplined with a spiritual practice that you've maybe kept back burnering being that regimented, structured, Saturnian quality to it. And so that can be some of the real gift of this period. Absolutely. Um, is lending to all of us. I think we'll continue with the slides because I know where you're headed and they are going to fulfill a lot of support with ideas here. Stephen Forrest, which we know as an astrologer with his own school now, and of course, one of the legacy astrologers on our times, has this nice quote, Saturn doesn't ask us to give up our dreams, only to make them real. So I think that supports very much what you're saying. It's concrete. It may not look like it, but it's just like a new tool. You know, there was a metric system and then there's the inch system. And they, once you learn that system, it works. Or binary, if you're going to do computers. Perhaps this will give some food for thought. And I'll just read the first one. It, Saturn, I think, recalibrates because it determines what's essential, what's the core of whatever it is. And of course, in Pisces, it's um, opening up that spirit. And then vibrational astrology, when the two are together, it really is spiritual because the one does want law, it wants to know what is essential. And Neptune wants the out of this world extra special or uh, that. And, and combined its spirit. You know, it's interesting when I'm teaching classes, we're often looking at chart patterns and of course, and very often we see both Neptune and Saturn in important places in a chart because we're looking at famous people, right? We're doing retroactive mm -hmm. astrology. And I, when I see that over and over and over again, and what I say to my students is, I think it's because Neptune you, you, is the dream, but Saturn is the thing that helps ground the dream into reality. So you, if you just have this Piscean, Neptunian concept, it's just a dream. You have to have something that, that makes, it, makes it actually happen. And I don't think that can do it on its own. We need some Saturnian energy in our charts. Well, yes. Yeah, that, that idea of Saturn concretizing things, mm -hmm. right? And and so, yeah, having that dream, that aspirational 
energy that is Neptune, where all things are possible for Neptune. Yeah. There's no boundaries. Anything is possible. And okay, but you may st still still doing the work, right? Exactly. Um, and sort of years ago, I had an affirmation come to me in a meditation that was, um, I am unattached to the outcome without being disengaged to the process. Mm. Right? That non-attachment have... is Pisces. The, okay, I can't just sit on the couch and wait for the world to manifest things for me. That's not the way that life works. I have to put in the work, yeah. so the sweat equity, as they often say, right? To and then other things become possible. I have so in my... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say in my purse, somewhere I found this or I wrote it. I have no idea, but it was a great big piece of paper and just a little sentence and I folded it up. And every once in a while I thought, well, what is that little piece of paper? Control nothing. I'm trying to remember the next one. Allow everything or, or, or same thing you're saying. Control yeah. nothing. Allow. Imagine everything. I go, oh, that's right. That's right. But mm -hmm. it is so true because... If we think about attraction, I was just reading Pam Grout's book, E2, and she says it's infinite potential possibilities. And if we allow ourselves to really imagine that and, and, and have some expectation, you know, it's just like prayers are said to be, that it, we, we, it gravitates, it gravitates. We, it, it's like the molecules of energy in spirit form, uh, somehow come to us. That's what I'm thinking these days. Yeah, and I think still having that that Saturnian structure or order, or that yeah, that that I know you're talking about, just like that's what makes it manifest, as opposed mm -hmm. to stay in the aspirational and. It's lovely to dream about, but okay, what are you going to yeah. what are you, you going to do? <laughs> and, you know, the other side, too. I think of this story. I, I don't remember where I heard it. was, And it was an actual friend of mine who told me about somebody that she knew who worked for Doctors Without Borders. And, I mean, I think about this idea, these pieces together. But this nurse, they actually um, kicked her off the team because she was a nurse without boundaries. <laughs> And I think, I think, I mean, it's a funny story. I'm sure it wasn't funny for her, but that idea that regardless of what we're doing, we have to have boundaries. Is yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Saturn is is because Pisces is bad. As a Pisces Sun person, I can tell you, Pisces is bad. It's said I have Neptune in the first. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Laura does too. So we're all in the same boat. We're, we're all in the same boat. So we're probably all embracing this Saturn phase where we're able to do that more, to be able to say no more. Right? It's not a bad thing. And you know, part of it too, I was when I was t presenting this, disillusion. I hope I spelt that right mm -hmm. for the truth. And it reminded me of Maurice Fernandez, whom I took his course, and he wrote the book. Neptune and the beautiful part about his book and the whole concept is very much like Kubler Ross, uh, who dissects the grief process. He takes Neptune and dissects it into these stages. And the first is just this ignorance of bliss that everything's working so beautifully. And then there's a pain 
and one gets disillusioned. But mm -hmm. the outcome through all the entire course of, of phases, not that we all make it, it's, I don't know, not sure of that, but you, on little scales we can, bigger scales may be more difficult, is truth, the real truth. And mm -hmm. so Well, and that's that maybe even part of the relationship of these two archetypes is Saturn is often law, but Neptune's universal law, it's spiritual law, it's not governance of a culture or society or a nation or the rules of law, right? That and how those are executed. But Pisces, Neptune is universal law, is the is the law of, of the divine. Right. And so then they're both about the same thing. It's almost like lower and higher octaves of each other, even though we give Neptune being the higher octave of Venus, right? Often they are these sort of different expressions of similar principles. Mm -hmm. I like that. They're both limits, particularly now since Pluto is still in the territory, but the master, I might say, of all the dwarf planets, and of course we still consider him in astrology as one of the, the main group, but meaning that Neptune would be that the border like, like, Saturn is interesting. Yeah. I have, well, I don't know how much personal one should say, but my Saturn's in the 12th house. So I struggle with whose law anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just go with the rules. <laughs> well, he's got his joy there though, right? So yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully that brings you some joy. It Yes. It's been, it's fascinating here. I, with our time, and then later, I know, Laura, you were mentioning about how we can manifest and bring this spiritual into practice, but there are some real social concerns that Pisces does involve, you know, the, the lady or the master of compassion and forgiveness. You know, I have these in my mailbox, and so I just pulled them out and put them out, but the Prison Mindfulness Institute Sounds fascinating. They even have a podcast to 58 countries or 56. 75,000 people are enrolled. And they, they, it's not just prisons, it's at risk besides incarcerated uh, and those re entering, whether they're youth or adults, into life. And it's also the safety persons, whether it's social workers, uh, the police, etc. And there's a Jack Cornfield, I think, is one of the people on the oh, list. Fabulous. I it, love that. I know. Mm -hmm. like, thank you. Yeah. And of course, technology, they say, has helped a lot because you, know, you can access. You can reach so many more people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Ocean Conservancy is one group that's working for the ocean. There's also Ocean for or for Ocean. There's so many wonderful. Mm -hmm. Oops. And generally, what it brought up was that there's this real, which is so much Saturn and Pisces, land-sea relationship. Because we clean on the land, but if we could do it on grass, it would help break down the, the fertilizers or whatever it is, instead of just going downstream into the ocean. So well, and then there's even this new technology out of Holland, I believe, because I was reading about it and they were in Rotterdam, which is like the major 
largest shipping port in Europe. Mm -hmm. um, and a number of people that have just invented essentially like a, a vacuum cleaner for the ocean hmm. where it is scooping up and they do it really, really slowly so they don't catch any sea life. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just this enormous net of sorts that is gathering like, you know, tons literally of waste and trash in the ocean. Um, and it's just gone from being, you know, like theoretical to actually being being used in the last year. Um, and so that could even be another, some of what we see with this Saturn, like that concretizing of, of an idea, of a dream. How do we clean the ocean? That's a dream, right? And then the ocean governing, you know, being so wrapped up with Pisces that this, you know, restoring of the ocean, um, maybe, you know, so similar to this org that you're talking about, Sue, of cleaning up the ocean and that that actually going from like a Kickstarter to a real thing. Yeah, yeah right. Donna, yeah. No, I just was thinking, I mean, I remember seeing, I think it was a kid at a science fair that came up with that idea. I remember reading about it a few years ago and I love hearing that they've made that kind of progress on it. Yeah. Um, if we can do these kinds of things while Saturn is in Pisces, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that oh, be it would on so many levels if we could really work on a collective. Well, it's beginning. And then again, there's all kinds of apps where you can clean up on the beaches and oh, many, many ways to work with it. Animals too, because Pisces involves the wild animals. And Speaking of restricting with Saturn, such as about dust bowl, you know, it can also it does constrict, and unfortunately, of the tens of millions of animals, only only a small percentage are really protected because the labs can easily waive those protections, and it can be so painful. It just hurts to even repeat it. Mm -hmm. I know that there's certain states and places that say no chimpanzees, but they haven't officially stopped even the chimpanzees. And you see those little pictures. And so hopefully there's a lot more consciousness about the spirit of life, that spark in an animal they, we share this world with. And the interesting part, too, was about birds, that there's – that mental well-being, if you're diagnosed with depression or mental health conditions, which I wonder about myself, I love the birds <laughs> here in Hawaii. <laughs> Am I mentally depressed? No, I don't think it's like a A to A. <laughs> it's just saying that if you do, but it does lift my spirits just immediately. I just feel so grateful for all their little chirping and singing. I didn't know that bit, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and you have birds. How is it up there early in the mornings? Do you have, because you're in the um, areas. I wouldn't, it's not real squawky. We have had some problems <laughs> because of avian flu. We used to have a lot more birds mm. around here, but lately they've been reduced. But no, we've got lots of, I get woken up by woodpeckers. You know, it's not as yep. pleasant. But <laughs> well, they did say that birds will not sing when there's predators around. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was quite fascinating. Do 
Laura, did you have something you wanted to say? Um, yeah. yeah. This is our last slide besides the fact that I have just uh, playlists and stuff like that. But how might Saturn and Pisces with that compassionate determination and we've kind of talked about the ocean, the homelessness. That's another area that we could get so centered on to help. Or substance abuse, mental illness. Instead of going to the prisons, have ways of helping people. Yeah, and so maybe that'll be some of what we see. I mean, like we are looking historically, right, with Jung and Freud meeting and how even though they had a historic rival break, that wasn't even a rivalry, they just disagreed so much they didn't speak to yeah, each other. Forget but, it. <laughs> um but that it's still they they I think both of their careers were profoundly positively catapulted into the zeitgeist by collaborating in the way they, they did. And particularly bringing it to this continent, right? I mean, their big break famously happened in Worcester, Mass., right? So um, it was in coming to the U.S. and bringing psycho psychoanalysis to the U.S. That, that broke down. But so we're seeing right, this repeated pattern maybe of like new ideas around mental wellness, right? Mm -hmm. And even the use of that's happening with microdosing and how that is very Piscean, right? Maybe part of what we see during this period of time. And not that it wouldn't continue afterwards, but like the literal stepping stone Saturn setting to take that forward in the future and different ideas that might Yeah, match. exactly. It, in other words, and this idea, and we can talk just for a little bit before we get totally cut off here. It's sort of a segue, but the dance and the music, they say like a static dance is so good. It kind of it breaks it up. Or yeah. art and the, you know, or yeah, so the art garden. therapy, movement so therapy. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I know. We just need just a little bit to get started yeah. on something, right? Yeah. Do a collage. Well, thank you. Thank you, Donna Young. Thank you, Laura Tad. And thank you to our Thank you for joining an insightful conversation on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests awaken consciousness by connecting soul growth patterns with astrology's energetic cycles. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific time, to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, November 12th, it's best bioenergetic synchronization technique, neuroenergetic balancing, Rasmussen Reset, and Energy Code Sunday. Dr. Nels Rasmussen and his sister Linda Rasmussen join us, and together they can help you or your animal friends with emotional, behavioral, or physical issues. Hope you can join us. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. 
Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. And to find out about upcoming programs, sign up for the newsletter at TalkCosmos.com. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show.